All right, good morning, church. Glad to see everybody here. Um, hopefully everyone can hear me pretty well. Thank you, Kyler, in the back for sending it out to everybody that's online. And thank you guys for being here. Appreciate seeing some of the new faces and seeing some of the regulars. It's really great to have everybody here. Well, um, this month of February, we've been talking about love. And this is the last physical Sunday in February, so we'll be done talking about love forever after this. That's not true, but the sermon series will be over on love. And I tell you guys, I've, I've really enjoyed getting to look at some of the aspects of love, um, especially uh, past few weeks talking about love your neighbor, love your enemies, and the very first week trying to define what is love. Obviously, I had a fun time with that one. Uh, Kyler had a fun time slapping me with a pizza box. I've really had a fun time trying to look at some of this because I think love is something we can all learn more about and we can all try and, and perfect a little more, right? That's what we were talking about, how true love is really God's love. It's loving so sacrificially and purposefully um, that you would, you know, let your son die. And so that's something we are all trying to work towards, you know, loving like God does. So it's been challenging as well. Um, Trying to define love, that's still challenging to try and love like God. Trying to love our neighbors and our enemies, that's hard. I think it's really challenging to think about all of this. And so the reason it's hard for me is because I'm trying to share what we should be doing is love, and I know I'm not doing it perfectly. And that's coming up over and over again. And so this morning I'm going to try and step out of the way as much as possible and just share the scripture with you. Um, and, and try not to preach too much and really just share what the Bible has to say because I know loving is really, really hard. But either way, no matter how good you're doing at loving your neighbor or your enemy, I hope you've enjoyed these lessons as well. I know I, I have, and, and I think there's some good definitions and some good work for us to do in all of this. But remember, keep yourself in focus. Love yourself a little, and remember that we are not God. We're not Christ, and we are still not perfectly loving like God loves. It's really a challenge that we're going to work for every day, just like we work to be like Christ and sinless. We work to be like God and loving, and we're not all there yet. Or at least I'm not. I don't know about you guys. I'm trying my very best. So when I started this month, I, I talked about what is love, and I tried to define it. And something I never even did is I never talked about the Greek words that we have for love. And there's at least four Greek words. Some say there's as many as eight Greek words. A safe, comfortable medium where most people hang out is there's six different words in the Greek language for love, which is really interesting for us because we only have one. And Greek is what the New Testament was written in. And so every time we have love in the New Testament, it can mean one of these many different Greek words. So what I wanted to do to get started this morning is just share a few of these Greek words. And love is a fun thing. So if you giggle at some of these, I get it. But there's some of these that are really, really cool. So here's six Greek words that we can find in the New Testament where we just put the word love or something like that, all right? The first two I want to share, first one's fun, it's eros. And it's after the Greek god of fertility. For you, those of you in the room, you probably... You don't have to go much further than that. You can probably figure it out. It's passionate. It's desire. It's what lovers share with each other. It's from the God of fertility. And this still hasn't gone away. I think uh, most people won't talk about it, but most people know that it's still there, right? So Eros, 
is a love that's in the New Testament. It's lovers. It's from relationship, right? And it still exists to this day. The next one we have is philia. And I'm trying my best to say these right. Philia. And this one means good friendship. It's that love that you have with a, a brother, a friend brother, right? And this actually to the Greeks was valued more than arrows. Greek culture, they had a lot of fun with arrows. But they valued more the brotherly friendship love. Again, we still have this one. We call it love. We use it modernly. Actually, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. And look at that, Phila, right? Philadelphia. So we still use it. It's that love between friends and brothers. Still exists to this day. Another Greek word we have is pragma for love. And it's loyal, long-lasting, time-tested. Many people who've been friends for years and years or have been married for years and years say, you know, that love takes no effort. I can go back to that friend and we can talk like it's just talk yesterday. Well, it's because it's a loyal, time-tested love that you share with someone. Pragma. All right, this one's hard to say. Felicia, I believe. We actually talked about this one a little bit last week. It's the idea of self-love. And so last week I talked about how self-love is not a bad thing, even though we kind of get caught up in it sometimes. The bad part of self-love is when we get stuck on thinking we're hot snot. When we've got all this pride going on and we think that we are the reason for all of this love. Real self-love that is healthy comes from the fact that, man, God made me. He made this one special in his own image, unique. That's something to love. Out of all of this creation that he made, he made some beautiful mountains. He also chose to make me. So that's good, healthy self-love. So it's tricky, but also it's important we have it. And there's a Greek word for it. Two more here. Six are the most common. We have this ludus, which is playful love. It's playing around with somebody, poking them and having fun and just goofing off and loving each other for that. So you're playing with each other, kind of, again, touchy-feely. High school kids, they have some of this going on. It's pretty fun. And then this last one, agape. Really, we've been talking about agape this month. Agape your neighbor, agape your enemy. God is agape. This one really means the love of God. It's so different that it's hard to define at times. Because when I said, what's God's love? Well, it's this super sacrificial, you would even kill your own son. It's so purposeful that you would let him go through all of that. And you know what? God's love was for everybody. He didn't pick the perfect. Actually, he picked all of us who are imperfect, who are the biggest sinners. That's what Bill just read a minute ago. So agape love goes to everyone. It has no bounds. And it's sacrificial and purposeful and it's trying to love like God however hard that might be so no matter how big of an enemy they are or if they're your neighbor or not agape kind of covers all of this and the interesting thing is when you look at all of these loves 
agape kind of takes a whole level above them. You can have eros love under agape love. It's weird to think about. You can have philia love under agape love. You can be brotherly if you love someone like God. So really, the best word for love is agape. It's this all-encompassing God is love. So out of these Greek words, agape is kind of really what it boils down to. It's kind of the greatest of them all. When Jesus is speaking to the apostles' teaching, he's talking about agape. And when he's talking about loving your neighbor, he's saying agape your neighbor. When he's saying uh, love your enemy, he's saying agape your enemy. And so I want us to kind of keep that in mind. Because this morning we're going to be in 1 John the whole time. We're just going to read some scripture out of 1 John. But I want you to put your mindset in love. Agape love. Think of it how it's so sacrificial and how it's like God does. And put that whenever we read love, because it's going to be in here quite a bit. Just put your mindset on that kind of love. Because when Jesus said the greatest of these is love that we talked about here last week, he meant agape love. You should agape the Lord your God. You should agape your neighbor and your enemy. So, let's open our Bibles. Uh, We're going to be in 1 John chapter 3 and 4 today. I invite you to read it out of your own version. Uh, Maybe it'll help you understand a little bit. But 1 John chapter 3, we're going to start reading in verse 10 here in just a minute. This whole topic that's in 1 John can be pretty much summarized with love one another. Uh, John is going to write those exact words. He's also going to write love your brother here in a minute. So if you wanted to give this sermon a title, it's love one another or love your brother. So I think it's going to be really, really important. All right, 1 John chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 10, and let's just read two verses together so far. 1 John 3, verses 10 and 11. I'm reading out of the ESV. John writes and he says, But this, by this it is evident who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. So I picked up 10 verses into the chapter, but John's really coming out strong right here in verse 10. He's coming in and he's saying, I'm talking about love. And here in verse 10, I'm saying it straightforward. Do you know how you can tell who's a child of God, who's working for God, who's on God's team? How can you tell? Well, he says right here, those who love those who are righteous. How can you tell who's working for devil and not on God's team? Those are unrighteous and do not love their brother and do not love one another. So pretty straightforward right out of the, out of the gate. He says, those who are God's love one another and those who are the devil's do not. So that's pretty, pretty, pretty powerful stuff. And I'm already challenged by it. Two verses into 1 John, one of the greatest books about love here, and I'm already challenged about how I'm supposed to love. 
because if I'm not loving like my brothers, I'm working for the devil, basically. That's what he's saying. So I'm challenged by this, and think of it, agape. Agape love, love like God, selfless. So I need to love my brothers, love one another, or else it seems like I'm working for the devil. Pretty powerful right off the bat. All right, let's keep reading here in verse 12. We read through verse 15. We should love one another. Verse 12, we should not be like Cain, who is the evil one, who was, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Again, uh, wow. Lots of powerful stuff. Again, strong words from John. So he reminds us, what does a brother look like? Well, it doesn't look like killing your brother. <laughs> he goes back to Cain and Abel, and he says, what's a brother look like? Well, it doesn't look like Cain and Abel. They were uh, jealous and killed his brother. That's what Cain did. That's not loving your brother. So when he's writing this, he says, Cain belonged to the evil one. Cain was working. He was not loving his brother, and so he's working with Satan. But you and I, we're not to be like that. What are we to be? We're, we're Christians. What are Christians? We're brothers and sisters. Have you ever thought about that, or is it uh, too weird to think about that, I guess? Why are we brothers and sisters? Well, we have one Father who's taking care of all of us. And when we have accepted to follow him and to say, yes, you are my father, what does that make you and I who both did that? Makes you my sister. Makes you my brother. So we're all brothers and sisters together. So we shouldn't kill our brother or sister. Well, that's good. Thank you, John, for that. But did you read? Did you hear what he said? There towards verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Wait a minute. Cain physically murdered his brother. I can deal with not doing that most of the time. But here in verse 15, he says, one who hates his brother is just like a murderer. Oh no. That one's not as easy for me to do. Hates makes me a murderer? Well, thank goodness I can redefine hate every now and again. And make it mean something else. Sounds like if I'm not loving my brother, it's the same as being a murderer. It's the same as working with the devil. So, Cain physically murdered his brother, but it's just as evil for us to hate our brothers and not love them. So that's what brotherly love looks like. Actually, it doesn't look like hating. It more looks like taking this effort to agape love one another. Because even if we hate, we're as bad as a murderer. Let's keep reading here in verse 16. Read through, let's read through the end of chapter 3 here. Verse 16. By this, 
we know love. That he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brothers in need, yet he chooses, yet he closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of Jesus Christ, believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and that we love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit who he has given us. By the spirit who he has given us. So we don't have to worry too hard about the details of what our loving our brother looks like. Did you catch that? Because agape love is like Jesus gave up his life and he was crucified for us. God gave that to us. So we ought to love one another. That's how we ought to love one another. It looks like here in verse 17, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet he closes his heart to him, how does God's love abide in him? You see what that's saying? Verse 17 seems like Brothers are to take care of brothers. If someone, if you see one of your brothers in need and you have the ability to take care of him, don't close your heart off to that. I mean, closing your heart's a good description of that, isn't it? Don't close your heart. Take care of that brother. Take care of their needs. How can we love a brother? Well, right there's a good example. Right there's a great example. If someone is hurting or broken or in need and they're a brother, let's go take care of it. That sounds hard. But yeah, I think that's the right thing to do. I think that's what agape love looks like in this situation. And it's active. It doesn't get shut off on certain days or after 6 p.m. or anything like that. Active brotherly love is always working with one another in the church. We just talked about how we're brothers and sisters and one another is a great term for it too. We're active other, trying to love like God loves, trying to be agape love. And the amazing part of loving our brothers and loving one another is that it gives us confidence. These last couple verses here in chapter 3, um, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him, and by this we know that he abides in us, the spirit that he has given us. What are we confident in? Well, we know that God loves us. That never goes away. We know that God's love is not something that we can lose. You know, when we're loving for God, He loves us. It's confidence. It's confidence that we have the Spirit in us. It's confidence that we have that agape love. God's love for us never goes away. We kind of read that in Romans this morning as well. Nothing that a, a human can do will remove God's righteousness. Let me rephrase it for Harold's version here. Nothing that a human can do will remove 
God's love. Now don't hear me wrong. There's still consequences in this life. There's still hardships that will come. But God's love will always still exist. And we can be confident in that. Even when we're not perfect with agape love, uh, God is for us. So we're trying to be agape lovers. It's a good term. So remember what I first said, uh, John, this whole book is almost all about love. (laughs) That's what I think when I read about 1 John. I'm like, oh, this is about brotherly love. He even writes that way. Did you notice how John writes here? He says, beloved, let me write to you. Beloved, do this. Beloved, do that. He's really trying to talk about love this whole time. And all of chapter 3 and all of chapter 4 is really, almost half of the book is talking about this love one another ideas. So I'm going to skip ahead to verse 7 of chapter 4. But I just said all of chapter 3 and chapter 4 are about loving your brother. So why am I skipping those? Well, they're kind of off my main point today, but let me tell you what they are. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, is talking about how you ought to love your brother and make sure they are speaking God's truth. It says, some, uh, some Bibles have a header there that says, test the spirits. And this little section saying, test those who are preaching and teaching and make sure they're actually speaking God's word. Well, that's loving your brother. If you have a brother in the church who's not speaking God's word and they think they are, it's not very loving to just let them keep on going on that. So, chapter 4, verse 1 through 6, also about loving your brother. But let's pick up reading here in verse 7, because John reinstates again all of these things he said about loving one another in chapter 3. He expounds on them a little bit. So let's read uh, 7 through 21, through the end of chapter 4. Chapter 4, 7 through 21. Beloved, there he goes, loving on us again. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God, God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so we, might, so we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. That's how we see God. Verse 13, By this we know that we abide in Him and He is in us because He's given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has had for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because also he is so, also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. 
We love because he first loved us. That's in the bulletin. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have went from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. You can kind of say all of it right there in that last uh, sentence, right? Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So when we read uh, chapter 4, or the rest of chapter 4 after reading chapter 3, it seems like he's restating what he just said in chapter 3. Love your brother. Love one another. And that's absolutely right. John is just reiterating all of these things he has to say. And he shares why it's a good idea to love our brothers. He gives us a little more hope here, too. Starting in about uh, verse 7, where we read all the way through 11, John shares again that this loving way is not harsh. We love because God loves us, and it's the original agape love from God. So he said that in chapter 3 too. He says we ought to love one another. But I don't know about you, but here verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. That's convicting, and it fulfills a lot of things about our brothers. God loved us, I ought to love my brothers. But when I read that, I hear myself, and I'm like, huh, love one another. That sounds like also my enemies, also my neighbors, also my brothers. So why is this kind of a good concluding love chapter? It's kind of saying all of them. We ought to love all of them. Because God loved all of them with agape. So that's convicting to me. I just had to stop in verse 11 and say, that's kind of convicting to me. God loved us, so we ought to love everyone. (laughs) Easy. Not at all. So John continues in chapter 4, and he states again like he did in chapter 3, that when we have brotherly love, it's evidence that we're Christians. It's evidence that God abides in us and we abide in Him. It's evidence that we have the Holy Spirit. It's almost like when we're not loving one another, it's evidence that we're working for Satan, kind of like he said in chapter 3. So we're loving and we're confessing that we're loving one another. And then by verse 17 in chapter 4, he shares what the outcome of all of this love is. God gave it to us and we give it to the brothers and sisters around us. And on that day of judgment, just like in chapter 3, we have confidence. We have confidence that we know we will be with God forever. And then he concludes it with probably one of the most famous verses. Verse 19 in chapter 4, he says, We love because he first loved us. It's kind of funny. Gloria put that in the bulletin. Did you know I was going to speak on that today? It's also hanging in our living room. That exact picture you put in the bulletin. We, We have this in our whole life. We love because he first loved us. It's so comforting to hear. But it's also really, really challenging because it says uh, we should go love. We should go love. And this whole scripture we've been reading has been about loving our brothers. We already talked about loving our enemies. We already talked about loving our neighbors. And now we're to our brothers. And when I was writing this, I was like, okay, this is the easy one. And I thought about it. 
then I read these verses and I say, those who hate their brother is like a murderer. Nice thing about my neighbors is they get to go home. (laughs) Nice thing about my enemies is, whatever, they're my enemies. I love you, but just because I have to. That's the right? Here's the hard thing about my brothers and sisters. Talked about how it was 24-7. We love our brothers and sisters. We love one another. And yes, we all come together just on Sundays and Wednesdays and some other times. That's not the only times we're together. We are brothers and sisters all day, every day, each hour. And sometimes it's those times that are the hard ones to love our brothers. Sometimes there's messages coming. I kind of get annoying. I kind of... I shouldn't touch the podium today. Start leaning towards the hate level, and then I got to check myself because that's not loving my brother. Oh, I don't know about you. Maybe loving your brothers is the easy one for you. Uh, for me, it's a hard one. Just right up there with loving your neighbors, loving your enemies. Because our brothers and sisters are all around us every day. Love one another. So to go back to the Greek words, the best way to define all of this love that I've been talking about is agape. And it's that love like God loved. It wasn't tried to get nothing out of it. It was completely sacrificial and completely had a point. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Agape our neighbors. We're supposed to agape our enemies. And then the easy one, agape our brother. Because they are the one another that we share with. We're to love our brothers. And we can do it all. We have the power to do it because we love because he first loved us. And that's really, really true. Thank you guys.